Welcome into the September 8th episode of the Lockdown Leafs Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. We'll have a big-time guest on today's show. That's right, former Toronto Maple Leaf and colleague of mine at TSN, Frank Corrado, will join us on the show today. Really excited to get into it, so let's not wait any longer. This is today's edition of the Lockdown Leafs Podcast. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Lockdown Leafs Podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother, on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me is my co-host Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also writer for the NHLPA. Lockdown Leafs is a daily Maple Leafs-centric podcast. Be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also now catch us up on video format up on YouTube. Search up Lockdown Leafs on YouTube and uh, subscribe. would be greatly appreciated if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see the guy right down below me. I told you guys we were going to have a special guest, the former Maple Leaf, joining the show today. And here he is. It's Frank Corrado. Frankie C. What's up, my pal? Not much, buddy. Happen, happy to be jumping on the mic with you. It's been a while since we did a show together. We had some Leafs lunch uh, cameos, I guess, if you want to say. But season's right around the corner. I think we'll be seeing a lot of each other and talking a lot of Leafs pretty soon. I would imagine so. I'd imagine we'll we'll be seeing each other. I mean, I think I'm going to be in studio Friday, so I'll probably see you later today. I'll see you there. Yeah, I'll see you there. <laughs> yeah, you'll be in there doing overdrive and whatnot. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, for those who who don't know Frankie, I don't know if you're living under a rock, but former Vancouver Canuck, Pittsburgh Penguin, of course, played for the Maple Leafs. Had a couple of stints uh, with the Marlies as well. Played a season in Sweden. Last year was in uh, Riga, Latvia. Uh, of the KHL, definitely going to get a story or two out of your time there because yeah. I've heard some wild things about what it's like playing over in Russia. Yeah. Um, and then also, like you, you've dipped your toes into the media world, so we'll definitely um, ask you how things have been going over the course of the last years. You've been uh, getting acquainted, I suppose, with you know TSN and and all that, and obviously get your thoughts on what's going on with the current Maple Leafs, and I think things stack up uh, heading into the season, but. Let's start with the media thing because you know you're. It's funny you were on this show early in its infancy, actually, even before, way before you were here, Dave. But Frank came on my show like what would that have been two, three years ago, maybe you came on. Yeah, the show? yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, it was actually it was right before you left for Sweden because I remember you telling me we were talking about you were going to Sweden. It was like right two days after you signed your contract or something like that. Yeah, so yeah, it would have been a couple of years ago uh, during the pandemic and. So welcome back, obviously, but oh, thank you. You you now kind of transitioning a little bit, or at least while you're currently injured on the mend, whatever phrasing you want to use, getting your toes wet in the media world. What's that been like? It's been good, man. It kind of came at an interesting time for me coming home from from Riga in the KHL. Um, just had a, a little bit of a laundry list of things that have that had gone wrong uh, health wise and. Um, Got to give you some credit. You know, I think you put my name in at TSN 1050 for a, a you know, a phone hit on Leafs Lunch one day. Um, actually, the Steve Dangle podcast was really cool. Uh, I got to do an episode with them and that got, got a lot of great feedback. But 
you know, it just seemed like that that phone hit on Leafs lunch kind of snowballed into you know some co-hosting when uh, your your co-host Julia was was gone for a couple days, and then you know from there turned into doing some analysis. Uh, pre and post game intermissions with Jim Taddy, and um, and then it's it's kind of evolved a little more to the point where I got TV work with the CHL on TSN. I thought that was really cool. It was a very eye opening experience for me to see how that works. Um, you know, even just the logistics of it, right? Like, I think when you watch a hockey game, you don't necessarily realize all the grunt work that goes into it behind the scenes to produce it. Um, at least I didn't. Um, I didn't know that, you know, during a game, analysts are sitting there with their microphone on their tie telling the truck, hey, can you pull this clip? Can you pull that clip? Hey, at 5.07, there was a hit. Can you pull that? Um, you know, and, and just what a mad dash it is um, as the period is finishing to kind of iron out, okay, what am I going to say? What's Carlo going to say? How are we going to phrase this, um, you know, and tell the story of what happened in the period? Um, you know, those 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 moments leading up to the, the start of the intermission show, it, it really um, emulates what it feels like in a game, you know, a game situation, you get your heartbeat pumping, you know, you have to be on, you have to be focused and you have to be sharp. And, you know, even though some of our intermission chats can range anywhere from two to four minutes, those are two to four minutes where you need to be really dialed in. You have to make sense with what you're saying and how you're saying it. Yeah. Um, I find it, I find it really cool. I, I find it like very invigorating uh, to be a part of, you know, and this summer has been great doing a lot of radio stuff, a lot of overdrive, a little more long winded, long format stuff. Um, you know, I just think it's, it, it's, it's helpful, right? It's helpful to get those reps and to have a little more of uh, a little more time, to, to get your point across. Um, the, the one thing that we do actually on, on overdrive on Mondays is the, uh, the playmaker, the playmaker of the weekend. And I, I find that one emulates, um, you know, an intermission, I guess, hit very, very closely because we pre-tape it. You have your talking point. Like for me last week, I was doing Nick Kyrgios talking about how he had a great match against Medvedev. I had my points. I hit them all within, you know, 30 to 45 seconds. That's exactly what it's like on a, you know, on a hockey panel broadcast. So it's been fun. Like it, it kind of came at a time where I was home. I was rehabbing, wasn't sure what I was doing. Um, you know, probably a little too much time on my hands. Um, so it was, it was nice to, to kind of have that reprieve and, and that getaway. And it's kind of turned into something a little bit more now. And it's, uh, you know, I'm very grateful for it. Obviously very, um, very happy to be doing it and, and most importantly, having fun and enjoying it. What's it like, you know, being a former player and then having to go about criticizing a current player? Yeah. Knowing you've been in their skates before. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I well, think your former teammates too. Like some yeah, yeah. early in the Maple Leafs, like you know them. You know these guys. Even like you interviewed Nazem Kadri the other day. It's a yeah. former teammate of yours. Yeah, it, it's a little strange, especially a guy like a guy like Naz who's older than me. It feels weird that I would be interviewing him while he's still playing. But uh, it, it's strange how that works. I always had, you know, I had good relationships with the members of the media, and and when I played, and 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 I hope we get back to this day soon where. Uh, media members can actually be in the dressing room after morning skate and after practice. I think that does a lot for, I guess, the trust level between certain members of the media and the players. But, you know, I, I, I had time for a lot of people and I always kind of thought about it this way. 
you have a job to do as a member of the media, but if you're going to criticize me, if you're going to say something, make it something that you would actually say to my face, right? Like be there, show up in the morning, show up at practice, show up at morning skate, no problem, say what you got to say, but keep it fair to the point that you, it's something that you would be comfortable saying to my face in person. Right. Um, so I think that's something that I'd like to remember too. And, and I also would like to approach it with like a little more of a fact, a little more facts behind it, right? Like we taught Al's brother, we talk about hot takes and the eye test versus the, the analytics guys, right? Like I, I feel like if, if the proof is in the pudding, you're not just making some outlandish opinion or hot take and, and throwing a guy under the bus. Like you add credibility to your name and, and to your narrative and what you're saying when you can say, I believe this and here's the proof right here and it's in the numbers. So there's a way you can integrate both of them and it, it actually adds more credibility to what you're saying as well instead of, you know, sounding off on someone for no reason or what might seem like no reason or, you know, going off on long rants and tangents where, you know, it might not even make any sense. And that's how you can burn bridges, I think. Yeah. And it's it's an interesting conversation, too, because. You know, you're, you're somebody who I think likes to kind of float in the middle a little bit. Maybe you lean a little more eye test than you do analytics. I think I, I lean slightly more about up the numbers. But what I think we both realize is that they're both needed, right? Like the eye test yes. tells you one thing, but you could support it. And in yep. radio, this is really important, I find, because you don't have clips to show like you yep. do when you're on like overdrive or on a broadcast or something like that. You need those analytics. You need those proofs. And print print it's really obviously a lot more imperative that you have those analytics as well and those numbers and it's funny because i mean in the comment section you you've been there like on overdrive on leaf's lunch whatever it is there's so many people online who are so hard-headed and they're like i don't care about odog is like this yeah so of course sure. he expected this expected what expected squat is what he'll say but i mean ultimately sometimes it, it's it, you can use it a lot you can use them man yeah, you can cherry pick ones that you like to make your point. You can cherry pick ones that you don't like to, you know, to discredit your point. Like there's always going to be a little bit of that. Uh, but I think ultimately um, my my experience as a player as and as a player who's been in the game recently obviously helps, um, you know, with, with how I'm viewing the game. And, you know, I, I think hockey works in cycles as well, right? Like every so often, I don't, I don't, have an exact number but systems will change the way players are operating and doing things logistically whether it's pre-game post-game like those kinds of rituals those change um so i think it's important you know as someone who's current to to stay current right and make sure that that you know if i can bring you into the the dressing room or i can bring you into the meetings that happen you know that that's something that's going to be important to 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 stay current with yeah, I think you do a great job of of doing that when you do uh, go on all the broadcasts. And it's something that I think a lot of people do enjoy. You have that, like something that I could never provide in a broadcast. So when you are on our show, you're able to give that insight on what it's like to be an NHL and you're kind of pulling the curtain for the listener and the average viewer who will never get that opportunity. And I think that's incredibly valuable. So, you know, being able to get out into the media uh, this past year and, and providing a lot of viewers, our viewers here, whether it's on TSN, yeah. Locked On, it's, it's been really valuable information. Yeah, it's, it's funny, man. Like, I, I've met, you know, I've met a lot of people. I think where I where I really realized it was when I started dating my wife, obviously, you know, you get to know the family, 
Um, and, and people have questions, right? Like whether it's my father-in-law or Jess's uncles, like people have all these interesting questions that I wouldn't have even thought that I would get asked these things, but they're, they're generally curious questions. And a lot of the answers that I would give them surprise them oftentimes. And it really got me thinking like, you know what, there's, there's a lot of things that, you know, when you peel the curtain back a little bit, I don't think people realize this, right? Give us an example. Like give us an example of a question that you get asked where you're like, Oh, people care to know about this. Yeah. Like I think one of the ones I got asked early on was, um, why don't you guys travel day of game or do you travel day of game and how does the whole plane system work? Like how does customs work? Like, and these are like, these are things you wouldn't even think about. Like you wouldn't even think about any of these things. But you know, when I told them we always travel day before the game um, and then, you know, why? Well, it's in the CBA. And so you go down that rabbit hole and then you tell them, okay, so we go, you know, when we do travel, we all go to like the private terminal, the hangar there, we hop on a bus, then we go do customs, you know, in Pearson, like with all the other people, we just roll through customs. Um, and there's people there asking for autographs and all that stuff. And then we roll back onto that bus and then we go through cut. So, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's elements that people would never think about, um, unless you actually lived it. And so, you know, when I started ex getting all these questions, it was, it was cool to answer them and see the, the look of shock on some people's faces thinking like, oh, I never, never would have thought that. Interesting. Yeah. And yeah. like we're seeing now, especially with like the rise of player podcasts, how many player former players are yeah. playing podcasts? Yeah. And has that something you ever thought about? Or you know, I know you probably have guessed it on a, on a few of them since you've uh, you know with your time off now. Like, what do you feel like that that's brought up a new kind of realm into like you know hockey media and and yeah. all that. Yeah, it's, it's definitely something that's I think is going to get more popular within the game of hockey. I think what, what is waiting in the game of hockey is one big star or former star. Like, I know we have Spit and Chicklets is awesome. Like, O'Brien and Upshaw, they have missing curfew, which, which I think is great, too. Um, you know, maybe there's maybe at some point there's going to be a guy who's in the league, like a bigger, more outspoken player who's in the league who wants to do more – daily day-to-day -day stuff that's happening within the league like less like hockey lifestyle yeah kind of like draymond green and his podcast and right you yeah. know like less less hockey lifestyle stuff but more you know day-to-day -day what's and, and those guys incorporate that too they do a really good job of talking about the daily i guess you know what the narratives are around the league but um you know as far as players in the league i feel like there's still an appetite for someone who's outspoken who's articulate um, who can do that kind of stuff. Very similar to Draymond, like you said. Um, as for myself, like I, I haven't really thought about doing my own podcast. Um, I don't know if I have the host gene, like Al's brother, that's your thing. You like to steer the ship. You just tell me where to go and we kind of go from there. Um, but I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm plenty, I guess, busy with, uh, you know, like the season's around the corner. I'm going to be doing the pregame, postgame, um, and intermission analysis with the tag. Batman, Jim Taddy, which um, I'll be doing whatever I can do on Leafs Lunch with you filling in on, on Overdrive when the chance comes up. And, um, you know, we'll have our CHL game starting at some point. Um, you know, if, if, if there's any NHL TV, there's a lot going on. Um, but, yeah, I, I think there's, there's definitely an appetite for, for a player, like a current player, 
um, to, to have, you know, a podcast that, that's, I guess, coming out weekly or semi-daily on, on what's happening in the league. Who yeah. would be that player for you? Who, who do you think would be the ideal I player? I don't know. Like so the first name that comes to mind for PK? me is is PK. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think if he doesn't play this year, like I think if it's a situation where um, he's getting offered seven fifty on a one way somewhere, I don't know. Like I, I think I think ESPN is sitting there saying, "We'll pay you a million bucks, man." Like or or TNT. Like I I could just see it happening. And so he seems like a guy who would have a lot to say. He's very well spoken. He's articulate. Um, he would have some cool stories as well, and he's 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 a guy who's not going to be afraid to like sit on either side of something. Like if he tells you, like if he if he thinks something is bad, he's going to tell you. If he thinks it's good, he'll tell you that way too. I don't think he's going to sit on the fence on too many things, which I think is great. You know, I think low key might be a pretty good one too. Who's a little bit of a, a character personality. Ryan Reeves. I feel like Ryan Reeves would be, Ryan a, Reeves. Would be a nice yeah, former former yeah. teammate of mine. He was he was always a guy you could count on to to have a spicy take or have an opinion on something. That would be a really good one as well. Yeah, Reaver would be an interesting one. Um, Frank, there's so much more that we got to get into. I uh, got to ask you. We got to talk about the free Frankie movement because that, that sure. has yeah. to come up. It always does. And then obviously we want to get your thoughts on what's going on with the Maple Leafs. This season, the current day Toronto Maple Leafs and where you think uh, they could be heading. But before we do, let me tell you guys all about one of today's show sponsors. All right. Yes, today's episode is brought to you by Built, Built Bar. And if you haven't tried the new Puffs flavor yet, I don't know what you're waiting for, guys. Because when are you going to have a chocolate cookie dough puff? Like, I don't know where you're going to get one of those. It's covered in 100% real chocolate. It has 160 calories and a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. So make sure you run to built.com to snag a box for you. And if you're feeling a little, uh, you know, giving, if you want to give some to your family, you can go grab some for them as well. So, or you can just find a hiding place, whatever you decide, decide to do. <laughs> just remember that Built Bar is covered in 100%. Fruit selfish man. What's that? You selfish, selfish man. I am, I am very selfish. I always keep built bars in my office here. Well, They're delicious. They're delicious. So, you're gonna love the new cookie chunk puff. I'm sure, Mike, you've you've tried it. We've all we got a little sample of it. It was it's one of my favorites. So, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or you just need to grab a quick bite, built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a built bar. And to give you a little extra sweetness to this deal, go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order at built.com. Welcome back into the Locked On These Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. Got Dave Morissuti with me. We are your hosts here on the show. We got a special guest, Frank Corrado, former Toronto Maple Leaf and current TSN personality, joining us. Uh, here today and uh, Frank again we appreciate you taking your join us. I but appreciate that but I like that you call me a personality that means there's more you know there's more to it than just the, the analysis and stuff there's a little character there's a little charisma behind it that's very flattering. 
Well, it's all charisma. You're bang up. You know what I love, Dave? I'm going to tell you something that I love about Frankie, and it's hilarious, too. He always comes prepared with, like, a story. He's got a story he wants to tell, something that happened, whether it was on the golf course or, like, he lives a little bit of, like, a Seinfeld life, I feel, Frankie. A little always bit. Got yeah. Something going on in your life that you just want just want to talk about, and it's, yeah. and it's always a good, fun, funny story. And also, like, you'll be like, let me come in to break with this. And you just want yes. to come into the break, sharing the story and start <laughs> off going off the rails a little bit for a couple of minutes. And then yeah. we get back into the hockey talk. It's it's always and that's yeah. that's honestly we gotta keep it light, man. We gotta keep I, it light. Listen, we could talk about leaps all day long, but I think sometimes people just want a little brevity in their day and have a laugh. Absolutely. And we got lots of time to talk leaps. Well, that's why people love overdrive, because that's you know, one of those one of those shows that they do that. Like the first yeah. 15 minutes of that show, I mean, they could be talking about anything, literally. Oh, yeah. And let's grab that clip that you guys brought up on uh, on the show the other day of, of that guy who was down uh, proposing, the cramp proposal. Oh, my God. This guy. <laughs> so, I, so I hadn't seen it. I hadn't seen it until we got on the air. And I don't know if that's Hayes and Grappler just keeping it from – like, I don't know how I hadn't seen it, but this this poor guy had – his hamstring must have convulsed. It, like it's, his hamstring was having a seizure as he's trying to propose, it's so and sad. I couldn't control myself laughing on the air. Oh my god, it was so funny, Dave. I think we got the clip. Why don't you pull it up so we could show everybody who's watching it exactly what happened in the video? Um, right now, so uh, well, we can discuss it after we play. So here we go. He wants to tell his story, and he thinks ah. he wants to say something. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Best proposal ever. <laughs> Come on, baby. Come on. <laughs> I love the guy right at the end running through as if none of this is going on. Oh, He's like, it's even more crazy with the audio. I, I've never heard it with the audio. I just saw the visual of it. That's crazy. Like the, it, you could hear a pin drop Dude, when he, he started having that spasm. Right. And like everyone knew what was happening. Obviously he gets down on a knee, starts to bring out a ring and then they like start to fall or he like falls yeah. over. Like, oh no. I think classic. His arms like, yeah. it's like, Going all over his body too. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, like he could barely say the words, "Will you marry me?" It was. Oh man. Amazing. Tough, Amazing. Tough go. tough go. And I hope that when my time comes, uh, I don't have a, a terrible, terrible. Well, next time we interview, next time we interview Joe Bowen, I'm gonna bring you some like electrolytes or something because I can't <laughs> have you having you know, cramps in studio like that happened during Leafs lunch. We were on a Zoom call. We're doing an interview with Joe Bowen and you're doing a happy dance around the studio. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. what's going on over there, man? You're chugging water. You got the Gatorade bottle going. Like, I thought you were like one second away from just squirting <laughs> water all over your face. Like you're in the second period of, and you've played 15 minutes already, but. Um, <laughs> and I've had 48 shots. Yeah. yeah. That, that part is that, that was the, that was the first time it ever happened, and it happened to me again this summer. 
when uh, Luca was with me and, and I, he were, we were live in studio and I randomly get up. Like it was just as we were coming out of commercial too. So we were just coming out of commercial and I just like stand up and I'm sitting there trying to stretch out the hammy, but trying to bring in our guest and Luca's sitting there just like looking at me, like, what is wrong with this guy? Like, why is he standing up? I was so actually, I think Tony was coming on with us. Tony Ferrari was a friend of the show he was joining us on uh, on gameplay yeah yeah that's I, I, that's why i'm saying i'm gonna be that guy because it's already happened to be twice while sitting in a chair oh yeah i'm gonna be next that time guy. You, next time you run the 40 next time oh. you run the 40. <laughs> somebody actually i think it was grappler did put that out on the overdrive uh twitter account of me running the or that guy and it said this is al's brother after running the 40. It's like, oh, <laughs> come on <laughs> come on um Look, Frankie, um, I want to chat a little bit about the Free Frankie movement. And I, I'm sure you've talked about it on every show that you've ever been on. We talked about it when you were with us a couple of years ago. But we've had so many more people hop on to the Locked On Lease podcast since then. And uh, I just want to, you know, how much do you think, like when you think back on that whole situation, you know, what, what do you think of now? I guess the fact that you are still living in Toronto and, and I almost wonder because it's not every day that like a seventh, eighth defenseman becomes like a well-known player in an organization. Like, did it kind of help you with this whole media thing too, that everybody kind of knows who you are and you have a little bit of credibility because of that whole thing? Yeah, I think, I don't know if it adds credibility. I think ultimately what you say and how you say it is going to be your credibility. But I, I just think it adds a little name value to my name. Listen, man, I, I couldn't understand it. Like, I, I was the eighth defenseman. Make no mistake. I was not the seventh guy. Like, there was two guys needed to get hurt for me to go in. And oftentimes after games, especially when we lost, I would see it. There it was. Free Frankie. Trending. Or, you know, I, I just I couldn't understand why the eighth defenseman was in the news so much. Um, but I guess, you know what, when I look back at it now, I was 22, 23 years old when that went down. And it's young. And it was young. It, it was weird to see a guy that age um, sitting on the sidelines for so long, right? Like you see guys who play, they're in and out of the lineup at that age. They're kind of getting their feet wet in the league and, yeah, you play some games, you sit some games. That's part of getting to know the league, getting to know yourself as a player, all that kind of stuff. I just think with with how long it, it you know, how prolonged it was, I think that was what people found weird about it. I think that's what I found difficult difficult with it. Like, I knew there was there there would reach a reach a certain threshold where it was like, I'm never playing. Like, I'm not getting in the lineup. Um, and it was, it was bad. It was bad because I built, you know, like bad habits on the ice and, um, you know, you just, you get this feeling of defeat almost. Um, and I don't know, you know, every once in a while you'd, you'd see that trending on Twitter and you're like, Oh, that's nice. It's nice to see people, you know, are rooting for me. Um, you know, I, they don't even really know if I'm that good of a player, but they would like to see me out there, which I think is, is, is very endearing and, and nice. And, um, you know, I think it's been good now in, in, in the media thing where people know who I am. It, it kind of helps with a little bit of the camaraderie as far as, you know, I'm, I'm hopping on overdrive and people are, I guess, you know, it, it, it's seen in a positive light now, which is really cool. Um, so, yeah, it was it was interesting. That's for sure. Um, ultimately, 
you know, you always wish that things went a little better, you know, right. played a little more, played a little better, but you have to find some positives in, in situations in life. And I think, you know, with, with the free Frankie and where I'm at now, um, I, I think that is, you know, at the end of the day, it is, it is a positive. There's a positive to be found there. And at the time, Lou Lamarillo was a general manager, right? Like, what were those yeah. conversations like with Lou during? Yeah. Lou was good. Like, Lou was good. Lou was fair. Um, you know, he has this whole shtick that he does, but Lou was fair with me. Um, you know, kind of preached patience, and um, I think ultimately we got we got to the point where it was, you know, we had an understanding that there was someone in the way. Someone was not going to play me. Uh, regardless of, you know, the team's performance or how well I, I guess, did in training camp or practice. Like, that's the thing, too. Like, when you're not playing, like, you can only do so much in practice. You can only do so much in the weight room to try and get yourself in a game, right? So it's hard to prove yourself without the games. It's like the chicken and the egg situation. But um, I, I think we just got to the point where Lou and I had an understanding that if it wasn't going to get resolved, he would find, you know, find a new home for me. And Ultimately, that's what he did in Pittsburgh, and you know that's a whole. You know that's kind of when my my injury troubles kind of start, and um, you know I, I think I also went to Pittsburgh, you know, mentally scarred from from the situation in Toronto. I think there were situations that arose that I could have handled better uh, mentally, and uh, but that's you know that's part of being an athlete. You know, not every day is easy. Not every day is a walk in the park, and and you know for someone like me, it was you know just to get to that point. Just to get to that point in the NHL, I was a guy who always had to work really hard. Like I, I wasn't one of those guys that was the most talented player. Like I was cut in minor hockey multiple times. You know, I kind of stuck with it. So you know, I think I always had that kind of, um, I don't want to say underdog mentality, but you know, it wasn't. It was never easy for me um, in by any stretch of the imagination. So it was really cool to play in Toronto. It was amazing to play NHL games. Uh, very grateful for all of it and very grateful for the support I got along the way. All right, that wraps up part one of our conversation. We ended up having a little bit of a lengthier chat with Frankie, so we decided to split it up into two parts. Uh, we had our chat today, and then tomorrow for Friday's episode, we're going to get into his thoughts on the Maple Leafs and what they're doing, uh, you know, their offseason and his thoughts on uh, the upcoming year for Toronto as well. So that'll be for tomorrow's show. But that'll be for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked on Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms to receive daily Leafs content. Also, go follow us and subscribe to us on YouTube as well. If you haven't already, follow us on Twitter. At Mickey underscore Canuck is mine. At D underscore Morisuti is Dave's. Um, also leave a like if you're watching on YouTube as well, comment down below. That would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Part two of the Frank Corrado interview will be dropping tomorrow. So make sure that you put the little notification bell if you're on YouTube so that you can get, uh, notified when it drops. Um, and you can go and check back for part two, but that does it for us here today. We'll be back for tomorrow's episode, but until then keep it locked right here on lockdown leaves.